And that's scary. That we can have such opposing viewpoints on things. Uh, I'm so nervous about going to Little Rock, Arkansas and trying to make them laugh when I feel like, wow, are we, are we, are we, are we that different? I mean, and is Republicans are people, right? <laughs> the thing that I don't understand is that, I mean, I understand that people with money want to keep money. I, there were a few things that when Latoya gets here, we'll get into it. I just really wish that we could be a little bit more compassionate and I'm glad that San Francisco is and that we're going to do some Robin Hood kind of shit. Tax the rich, give it to the poor. So that is going to be great. Well, Latoya's on her way. We've got election results. And uh, I mean... What else is going on in our lives? It was really, it was, I was super scared last night. I was getting really, I was working and I was watching, there was a TV at the counter offer. So I'm looking at the TV and I was getting nervous. And also that it was so, it seemed there were very few 60 40s. It was like almost everything was 50 50. And at like every race, I just, that's what happens, I guess, when we only have a two-party system. I, where were the Green Party members? <laughs> where were you, Ralph Nader? Where are you, Ralph Nader? I miss you, Ralph Nader. Is he still alive? I should look that up. I'm sorry, I'm breaking the veil here. Uh, let's see... We'll type in, what's Ralph Nader doing? What's Ralph Nader doing? What's Ralph Nader doing now? Oh, he has um, Trump and Trade, What's Going On, Ralph Nader Radio Hour. Wow. Dubbed the Trade Debates Guerrilla Warrior, the National Journal Profile, and Ralph Nader with a Sense of Humor in Wall Street. Uh, longtime activist Nader links the rise of President Trump and decline of the Democratic Party. The latter's turn away from being champions of a people's agenda. And this, un- this is hey, he's <laughs> leave it to leave it to Ralph Nader for me to be like, yeah. I mean, he really is has always said things that I believe. Uh, this is the official Ralph Nader, and he's got Nader Radio and a blog. This is great. Uh, don't be flattered, fooled, and flummoxed in tomorrow's elections. We wrote this on Sunday. Let's see what he. Uh, let's see what what he said. Uh, he's definitely still alive. Don't be flattered, flu- fooled, and flummoxed in tomorrow's election by Ralph Nader. Let's face it, most politicians use the mass media to obfuscate. Voters who don't do their homework, who don't study records of the politicians, and who can't separate the words from their deeds will easily fall into traps laid by wily politicians. Uh, We have a new governor who is a 
a slick, slick man, Gavin Newsom. 2024, I bet he'll be the president. Uh, And he brought big business into San Francisco. Not the best. Anyways, in 2002, Connecticut Governor John Rowland was running for re-election against his Democratic opponent, William Curry. Again and again, the outspent Curry informed the media and the voters about the corruption inside and around the governor's office. At the time, the governor's close associates and ex-associates were under investigation by the U.S. attorney. But to the public, Roland was all smiles, flooding the television stations with self-serving manipulative images and slogans. He won handily in November. Within weeks, the U.S. attorney's investigation intensified as they probed the charges Curry had raised about Roland. Roland's approval rating dropped to low records and impeachment initiatives and demands for his resignation grew. He was prosecuted, convicted, and imprisoned. Unfortunately, enough voters were flattered, flattered, fooled, and flummoxed to cost Bill Curry the race. Connecticut, 2002, that's crazy. In 2004, Tom Frank, a Kansas author, wrote, The poorest county in America isn't in Appalachia or the Deep South. It's on the Great Plains, a region of struggling ranchers and dying farm towns, and in the election of 2000, George Bush, George W. Bush carried it by a majority of greater than 75%. Inattentive voters are vulnerable to voting against their own interests. They are vulnerable to voting for politicians who support big business and ignore their interests as farmers, workers, consumers, patients, and small taxpayers. Big business will not spur change in a political system that gives the facets the fat cats every advantage change must come from the voters and here's how president donald trump and the republicans in congress are masters at flattery voters by and lying about their positions on issues ranging from health care to minimum wage before you'd vote before you vote rid yourself of all preconceived hereditary ideological and political straitjackets use two general yardsticks for candidates for the elective office Are they playing fair and are they doing right? Stay open-minded. Avoid jumping to conclusions about candidates based solely on their stance on one one or two of your top issues. Pay attention to where these politicians are on many other issues that profoundly affect you and your family. If you judge them broadly rather than narrowly, you will increase your influence by increasing your demands and expectation levels for public officials. They are numerous evaluations of their votes easily available on the internet. Know where you stand. A handy way to contrast your views with those of the incumbents and challengers is to make your own checklist of 20 issues. Explain where you stand and then compare your positions, the candidates' votes, and declarations. Seeing other positions or their actual record matches up to your own position makes it harder for politicians to play you. Compare candidates with their votes or declarations. Oh my God, he's asking us to think critically about our choices. <laughs> I don't think I can handle it, Ralph Nader. Ask the tough questions. They, these are many issues that politicians like to avoid. They include questions about whether candidates are willing to debate their opponents and how often, why they avoid talking about and doing something about corporate power and its expanding control over people's lives, or how they plan specifically to shift power from these global corporate supremacists to the people. After all, the Constitution was started with, we the people, not we the corporations. The word corporations and company are never mentioned in our Constitution. Ask the candidates to speak 
of solutions to the major problems confronting our country. Politicians often avoid defining solutions that upset their commercial campaign contributors. Ask about a range of issues, such as energy efficiency, livable wages, lower drug prices, massive government contract fraud, (laughs) corporate crimes against consumers, workers and investors, reducing sprawl, safer foods, and clean elections. Ask the members of Congress to explain why they keep giving themselves salary increases and generous benefits, yet you yet turn cold at doing the same for people, the people at a frozen minimum wage, health insurance, or pension protections. All in all, it takes a little work and some time to become a super voter, impervious to manipulation by politicians who intend to flatter, fool, and flummox. But this education can also be fun, and the pursuit of justice can offer great benefits to your pursuit of happiness. Such civic engagement will help Americans today become better ancestors for tomorrow's descendants. I love you, Ralph Nader. I love you. Uh, hey, let's tell you, you look great. I just found Ralph Nader's blog, and he is genius. I love Ralph Nader. Uh, how was how was your last night? I mean, it's it's sort of like I'm happy, but I'm also like, eh, because like. I, just the ha- just the I, house. I, I want to succeed. I wanted the South to succeed. Oh, they they were just a big block of red, like. Well, and all I could see while I was wa- I was at work, so we had the TV on, and there were a lot of people watching. But all I could see was that the country is so divided, like so divided, 50-50 down the like there are half Republicans and half Democrats. It seems like, and. I mean, they vote. Is it? Does it? They vote race they first. Vo- they racism vote racism over their interests. Which is, I mean, Sad. it's crazy to me that we all live in the same country. I, I, it's, it's disappointing, um, to say the least. And, <laughs> but, and I was, I was really happy that um, uh, our our city decided to vote positively. Um, on the homeless thing, I thought that that was I thought that was really was sweet of us. Oh no, people that own houses in San Francisco, they're like we they don't want to exp- people who are landlords they don't want to expand rent control, and people who have houses want to just yeah they just want to keep their expensive house and they want I mean who knows what they want. Yeah. So where you were out, you were just out late, like yeah. sort of. Yeah. I was out late, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I mean, I found Ralph Nader actually has also his own his own radio show, uh, which is exciting, and it's the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. So you can find that at nader.org, and uh, that's exciting. The one that he has up right now are uh, he welcomes journalist and author Anand. Grid Haradas to talk about his book Winners Take All the Elite Charade of Changing the World which argues that rich do-gooders don't really want to change the system that made them rich <laughs> that's funny that's absolutely true like when you've got I mean the Mark Zuckerberg the Mark Zuckerberg um, part of the hospital like that was he gave a lot of money that's great great tax write-off great tax write-off I know hey if you want to write some off for your taxes Please be a sponsor for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. I would oh, really love some sponsors. Here's uh, some breaking news. Oh yeah, that I was news. reading about. 
Breaking news. Jeff Sessions has resigned. What? So that means the Mole investigation might be in shambles because he recused himself. Wow. But here's another positive factor. Though the Republicans gained some seats in the Senate, we know that the uh, Dems got the House back. So guess who is in charge of the Financial Committee of the House of Representatives, which is, this is perfect, Maxine Waters. I don't know who that is. Maxine Waters? She's representative of California in SoCal. She's the black woman that uh, he really hates. So is that good or bad? That's a good thing. Okay, good. Well, good. She's going to put her, her foot on his neck. Oh, good. Yeah. So. Okay, I see. I didn't. I don't know that. I was really. I was <laughs> definitely focused on the San Francisco issues, uh, and I'm really happy about C because that is important. Uh, th- uh, that we're going to tax corporations and give the money to. Uh, yeah, I was happy about that one. Yeah, I'm really. I'm not. I, Thank God we have a heart. If we didn't have a, if we, those forty-one percent people that voted, like, who are you? Like, seriously, I'm, I was with money. Want to keep their money? But the thing is, like, that affects everybody. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's just it's people with money want to keep their money, and on the day that they vote, oftentimes, I'm they. They vote to keep their money. They vote, and 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 people with money vote a lot more than Obviously, people yeah. without money. So, <laughs> like you know, there's that. Uh, and and I don't get it when when you see people in poor states voting against their own interests, and it's like they but, vote racism over their own best interests. It doesn't make sense. Like the, I mean. You now you so now you your your governor like your governor's the one who's gonna decide and talk about minimum wage issues and and there are states now that I mean fifteen dollars minimum wage in San Francisco is amazing. I still not enough. I mean, is it? Is it not? I mean, it's not it's not enough to listen, if we can't even survive, if you make a hundred G's a year, you get, you're barely making it oh, here. Oh, please. No, seriously, they did they did a study here. Where you have to, in order to live comfortable in uh, in San Francisco, you have to at least make one hundred twenty-five to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in and see what they say. Uh, to live comfortably, because mind you, fifteen dollars an hour sounds really good, but it's still not a livable wage here in the in San Francisco. Uh, well, okay, so it's it's livable if you're on if you're on food stamps. <laughs> um, how I put in, or it's, and it's giving me giving me all this stuff about um, uh, later in life stuff, which makes no sense. So this is from October sixteenth, twenty eighteen. How much money do you need to live in San Francisco? Is the actual name of the article, article. <laughs> which I think is funny because that's exactly what I put in, um, and. They are, we'll see what they say. Average rent in San Francisco. Rents in San Francisco have climbed rapidly through the 21st century. As of October 2018, the average apartment in the city rents for $3,362.96 a month. (laughs) 
For someone moving from a less expensive part of the country, such as the South or Midwest, this figure may shock or invoke fear. After all, in cities like Cincinnati or Memphis, $3,300 a month income is often enough to own a nice home with a yard, pay for other necessities, and still have money left over. In San Francisco, it pays for rent on an average apartment, and then it is gone. <laughs> uh, the good news uh, is a lot of data makes up that average, some of it from extravagantly wealthy areas of town where rents are $10,000 a month or higher. Ugh. Such places bring the average up, which means plenty of San Francisco rentals still exist for under $3,800. That said, this city is not like the others when you can, where you can find an apartment for $1,000 or under, even when you're willing to settle for a less than desirable neighborhood. As of 2018, apartments in San Francisco almost invariably rent for $2,500 or higher per month. All right. Uh, average food costs in San Francisco. A San Francisco pays more for food than residents of almost any city in the United States. A gallon of milk costs on average $4. A loaf of plain rice white bread costs three fifty six. A dozen Jeez. eggs are three sixty three for a pound of boneless, skinless chicken breasts. The average cost is five eighty two. In most cities, frugal residents can keep food costs between four hundred and five hundred a month and still eat healthy and stay full. That is exceedingly difficult in San Francisco. <laughs> Expect a monthly food bill of six hundred dollars or more. Whoa. Well I mean I get one sixty seven for my food stamps and I do fine. I do fine. Yikes. But I mean I also eat out sometimes too um and it's a good thing you cars, work out students, where you work too because yeah, that helps too absolutely if you work in the service industry it cuts down your food costs so this this is crazy um <coughs> so living it says living in san francisco is professional being a professional living a professional lifestyle in san francisco is far more expensive than being a student on the bright side the pay for professional jobs is higher in san francisco than just about anywhere as a professional you've moved beyond the roommate lifestyle. So rent, likely 2,500 to 3,500 a month is your solely your responsibility. Utilities add another hundred, while a monthly food bill of 600 to 700 enables you to eat healthy diet, but certainly not at fancy restaurants. <laughs> Transportation runs anywhere from $100 if you're willing to travel exclusively on BART to $300 or more if you drive. Monthly yes. income of $5,000 allows you to live in an average apartment, meet basic expenses each month, while having money left over to use toward unexpected costs such as car repairs or dental work. That amounts to 60 grand a year. With the right education and experience, such jobs are plentiful in the Bay Area. Okay, so 60 grand to live like pretty frugally. Wow. See, now that, and that's what I tell people is that it doesn't make sense for me to make more money than I do. I, I would rather I would rather make what I make now and be like, quote unquote, poor uh, and be on food stamps to, to have my, to have health insurance. Because if I don't, if I would have to make so much money. To, I would have to make it over 42,000 in order to live the same lifestyle, which is crazy to me. So, and, and I'm never gonna, I don't have a car. I'm never gonna have a car. It's one of the bonuses of being here. Yeah. But so somehow I'm like, and, and that's the thing, unless there's some huge natural disaster. Um, San fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. San Francisco is going to continue getting more expensive. And I've kind of, I'm kind of dialed in. Like, thank God I have rent control. But for people that, hey, sorry guys, don't move here. Don't move here. <laughs> don't move here. Don't move here. Food really is expensive. And I noticed that so much when I came back from Greece because food 
in Greece, even on the island of Mykonos, which is like a fancy pants place, was way cheaper than here. Everything, everything, everything from beer. Yeah, well, everything from vegetables to beer to milk to eggs to everything was far less expensive there. Everything. I could never like not go grocery shopping and spend like at least under $100. Really? I can't. Oh, I, I never spend over a hundred dollars when I grocery shop. Like, I, it's just, and I always just go to Trader Joe's, and I try to like take out some of the things that I usually. Do you get the frozen stuff, or is it? Do you not? I only buy like maybe a couple of frozen things. Okay. I mean, Trader Joe's, no, no shame in the game. No. TJ's has the best frozen food section. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah. Hands um, down there. But it's it's, and even if I go to Safeway sometimes, so it's just like. Uh, I never a- go to Safeway. I feel like it's so funny. I feel like Safeway, I don't like their produce. And it's just like aisle after aisle of processed foods. And I just don't eat that many processed foods. They have a lot of processed shit. I mean, so does Trader Joe's, but. But you can weed out the stuff in Trader Joe's. It's, it's, it just, it seems like Trader Joe's is so much easier. Yeah. Well, and Trader Joe's, for some reason, and I don't know even if it's true or not, but they feel like, this is a weird adjective, but they feel less corn syrupy to me. You know, okay, like yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, yeah. like when you're less looking the Briscoe. Yeah, when you're getting like crackers, when you're getting Keebler Elf crackers, you know, that's like hydrogenated weirdness. And oh my God, I thought that a Safeway commercial just popped up. Uh, like, they're, they're watching they're us. Watching. They're not. That didn't happen. That just I've been hallucinating a lot lately, and that was <laughs> acid flashbacks. No, I don't know if acid flashbacks, but I just think I see something else. Like last night on the TV, I thought that it said "Breaking News: Democracy," and I was like, "That's funny," but it was it was Democrats. <laughs> it said Democrats, not democracy. I thought it was. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> yeah, it was, and I, I, I just looked up there, and I'm like, "Oh my god, democracy! Does it work?" <laughs> and it kind of works. I mean, it's just that I realized that in our city, we're divided too. There's the haves oh, yeah. and the have-nots, and absolutely, and the haves are real. I mean, you know, I just, I think, I just it, thought what, they were nicer haves. You know? Yeah, I, you know, the thing that I really wanted to win out of the whole state was the, um, the. Uh, uh, rent control. Right. Exactly. I was really surprised. I was control. totally surprised by that. No, I'm not surprised at all because people rent. I mean, but don't you have? I would. I well, I don't know the study of like how many people rent in the whole state compared to who own homes. You know, because I, I, I just going by assumption, I was thinking that there are more renters, especially you have larger cities such as like, you know, Los Angeles, you know, well, the Bay Area, period, because it's so expensive to buy San Diego. Yeah. You know, I was I, I don't know. We're, we're about to find out. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. But uh, San Francisco Housing News Report says it's cheaper to rent than buy. <laughs> yeah buying versus renting they don't really renting is cheaper than buying homes in what san was francisco the, uh let me find oh i can't my I'm, I'm, we're on my phone i was going to look it up um was it prop was it prop 10 yeah yeah oh here's another fun thing i did not vote for diane feinstein oh good i felt proud proud about that but she won anyway we knew she was gonna win so uh, I'm just I don't know I, I, I'm i not happy it doesn't it won't tell us those stats I keep saying renters versus homeowners in San Francisco and it, it won't or look at the whole state me. of California oh okay yeah 
because it was statewide. That was a statewide initiative. Well, everyone wants to live here. I, I understand it. It's a really lovely place to to live. Now we've got uh, property owners and renters versus home. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. I don't know how to. Oh, well. uh, not just. Not just Prop 10 rent control, nine ways California homeowners. So here's somebody saying like, these are the people in Orange County that... Oh, that's conservative. Right, yeah, this is conservative. That's uh, Reagan country. Not just Prop 10 rent control, nine ways California homeowners <laughs> politically clash with renters. Here we go. This was from uh, September. Uh-oh. And uh, so it was before. If you if you view politics as a large as largely a pocketbook game, then it should be little surprise that California homeowners and renters don't often see eye to eye on issues of the day. Um, there's a noteworthy owner renter gap that's likely tied to the economic chasm between the housing segments. In a nutshell, owners are wealthier, and their political leanings show it. Yeah, it, yes. it, it, the thing is, it's exactly what, it, it's exactly what we say. People with money versus people without money. People with money are like, I worked hard for my money. I worked really hard for my money. I'm not giving it Why away. Why do you want my... But they really want everyone to serve them. They want they want to make enough money to feel pretentious, to feel better. Like, I work in an office and I went to college and so I'm better than you, but I still need you to serve me my latte and I still need you to serve me my whatever. I don't feel like reading this because I went to college. Right. And hey, I went to college too and I it doesn't too. necessarily matter. It doesn't necessarily mean that... But people with money, I mean, and it's okay. I used to have money. I used to, and I'm, I might have voted differently. No, I've always no, had a heart. <laughs> I've always had a heart. But um, <laughs> you but have still, you, I, you you have a, some decency, Pam. Yeah, I mean, but still, Pam. Okay, so here's nine ways the poll got different results depending on whether it's a homeowner or a renter. Landlord limits. Let's start with an issue think that's near and dear to our renters' wallets, more rent control. That's what statewide Proposition 10 on the November ballot would facilitate. It's not unexpected that property owners polled would be against it. Only 44% of owners like the idea, while 55-3% of it. Yeah, so it's just, it's landlords versus... Landlords want to make versus renters and they for some reason because they own it they deserve it more well I own this house and I worked hard for it and I went to the bank and I went to college and I did this and it's mine and that house can be greedy fuckers that house can be taken away just like that yeah. I mean do people forget that 2008 was not that long ago yeah like a lot of people the house, and the the thing is the housing market hasn't completely it, it, it hasn't it successfully hasn't been revived and I don't think it's going to because a lot of people like don't want to buy because they know anti-renters yeah to be (laughs) the pro-bank Democrats Uh, (laughs) they're old old uh, old timey political parties renters versus homeowners political divide as wide as California's affordability gaps Mm. Uh, I mean it's no thanks uh, this is from Orange County Register again. OC. OC. OC likes Freaking. to point out that like, they're like, because they're like, we live in Orange County. We all own our homes. We all, we all went to college and we all own our homes. And so we vote get Republican. Your and get your riffraff out of here. Yeah. Can you not? Like, it's Orange County. It's so safe and beautiful. And we've got our little picket fences and everybody's great. And everyone's going to college and there's, everything's fine. And that's so funny. <laughs> you can tell the difference of people who live, You like, you know, exactly what kind of people live in, in the OC. Oh, there's some, oh, crackers. There's <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's it's just, it's the way that, it's, it's the entitlement in the way that one is raised. It's White. Like, when, when I was growing up and I watched 90210, my school was just like that, just, but we weren't close to the ocean. But we had all the same outfits, and I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a show that mirrors reality. That's so weird. 
and it was like a and that's so but that's it's that's what life sort of is so like fake when I was a kid, right? But that's like the California lifestyle for rich people in Blackhawk or all that. That is, and and they're depressed and they're all on drugs and they're all it's all hidden because they're still unfulfilled. They're still like searching for something. Yeah, and all the money in the world doesn't give you happiness or fulfill fulfillment. Well, they had that TV show in the early 2000s. I remember watching a couple episodes called The OC. Yeah, yeah. And they're very popular show. Yeah, and everyone was all fucked up. Right, and well, and they're all like backstabbing because they have nothing else because they have no problems, so they create problems. They're little (laughs) fuckbags, right? Like, oh, my life is so their lives are so perfect that they have to create drama. Like, they can't even yeah, and it's like I he fucked this and this and that, and it's just like drama because because I guess the human soul strives for pain or conflicts in some ways because that somehow brings for, I don't understand it but 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 then why and then so this thing that we do we, we sort of crave conflict which is why reality TV is such a boon that everybody loves is they see it and they go they relate to it because they think it's real or that they're people and it's almost like this voyeurism thing yeah but you know people who like crave look at Maury Povich like those silly shows are the the um it's not the father. Yeah, he right. All that stuff. Just, I mean, if we were worried about like starving or churning butter or like you know <laughs> polio, glean, greening, gleaning the the grain or yeah polio or, or or mending clothes or not having electricity, starting a fire, keeping a fire, having firewood, like staying alive, literally <laughs> is what we've called that out of what it like what being human is almost like everything's easy and fast and on an app and it can be delivered. How many people know how to cook? Like, is that becoming a rare thing that people know how to denature protein with heat? Someone coined this great term. We live in a microwave society. And I like that term because that means we want everything quick. We're impatient and it doesn't, it doesn't matter how unhealthy it is for us. We need it now. You know, we don't care if we get cancer from it. We, yeah. I just want it now. God damn it! Right? Yeah. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not for your best interest. Just like how people don't vote for their best interest, or it's uh, it all coincides with everything. I went to a, a election party last night for a friend who lost, and I. Oh. Yeah, and it it was nice. It was fun. But I was too busy glued to the TV because I was looking at some of the things that were disappointing um, and how racism is just so rampant. And these people don't vote for their best interests. And it's it's and it, it, co- it coincides to the entitlement thing or like ha- the haves and the half nots. But what happens if you don't have shit, but you I don't know. I'm rambling on. No, it's fine. I'm uh, exhausted. I, I, I'm, I'm back to this. I'm, I want to look up this cooking thing, and it's saying that uh, 90% of Americans don't like to cook, and it's what? costing them thousands each year. I love cooking. Well, But a lot of people, 15% they love to cook, 50% said they hate to cook, and 35% are ambivalent about cooking. Uh, That's fucking sad. And, and so they're using all of these delivery apps, and so it's a, take buying lunch. If you go out to eat, every work day and spend on average $10 per meal, which is cheap for lunch. Yeah, right. It comes out, because like a sandwich at Gus's now is like eight ninety five. so, but 10, 10 bucks on $10 meal. $10 with tax. <laughs> it comes out to $2,500 a year. Making your own 
lunch, meanwhile, will cost you half that. Actually, uh, one visa survey found you only spend on average $6.30 when you bring something you prepared from home. Well, and that's that's kind of expensive. Yeah. For I mean, I mean, I'm guilty of not like making my own lunch and stuff because I work at a place that we well, we get ha- we get fifty percent off of our food, but I love to cook. I enjoyed it. I I think you know it's calming and soothing, and plus I like to see the joy of people's faces when they eat my food. Uh, yeah. There's a like there's a nice kind of like delight, of like oh my god this is good you did this like yes I did. Thank you. Do millennials really not know how to cook? Uh, this is. <laughs> do millennials really not know how to cook with technology? They don't really have to. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. And they they make them. Sixty percent of them don't know how to make salad dressing. If you're the type that likes to characterize millennials as basement-dwelling moochers who can't fend for themselves in the real world, world, have we got news for you. A new survey commissioned by Porch.com, I don't even know who they are, is full of tidbits that people who hate on millennials are going to love. Like the fact that nearly 60% of them don't know how to make salad dressing. More than 25% judge themselves incapable of preparing a birthday cake from a boxed mix. When shown a picture of a butter knife, only 63% of millennials knew what it was. Come on, quit shitting on my generation. God. You're at the top of that. Give me a break. I think you have to be 35 or under. No, it starts in 1981. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. It started in 81, really? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I'm I'm the first. Uh, (sighs) While these stats provide easy fodder for most, the most popularity popularly held assumptions about millennials that they're coddled and entitled there's more to it than that first of all age is a factor in cooking expertise 70 percent of boomers can carve a turkey but only 40 percent of millennials can and that's because obviously boomers have hosted way more thanksgiving dinners also worthy of noting the survey can't measure a person's actual skills so respondents may be downplaying or playing up their skills in the kitchen and the sample size was only 750 people a better study would ask boomers and gen xers what kitchen skills they had when they were in the age range that the millennials currently are approximately 22 to 37 depending on which definition of the generation you use boomers i, I mean i've i've cooked so many tur- i can't even count how many turkeys i've made and in, in different and even at that time when I was, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always cooked though. I'm different. Boomers probably, I mean, in, high, in junior high, like when I wanted to have fun, we either Julie Nelson would either come over to my house or I'd go over to her house and we'd like bake bread or cookies or whatever. That's what Baking we did. Cookies was like a normal kind of thing. Like let's make yeah. some cookies. Yeah. Like that was the fun. That was the fun thing that we did on a Saturday rather than st- stare at our phones. Boomers probably would have ranked themselves higher in these skills when they were in their twenties too. They were taught home economics in school, a course that has been cut from many curriculums across America. They married younger, started families younger, and were responsible for cooking for others at a younger age. And they didn't have the internet to teach them how to do it, which may have benefited them in certain ways. That looks damn good. Those potatoes Mm -hmm. look good on that picture. Make me hungry. Uh, perhaps part of the reason only half of all millennials can roast a chicken is that their ease with technology has made it harder for them to learn how to cook, even though they might know more about food than their grandparents never never encountered, like kombucha or quinoa. Blame it on a factor called cognitive offloading, relying on Google or Pinterest to remember a recipe or technique for you rather than committing it to heart, writes the New York Post. Interesting. I'm guilty. I agree with this because... I actually have always memorized things, like always, ever since the beginning of time. And 
I just memorize things. I read it and I memorize it and I think about it. I just don't. Like phone numbers. No, I can't do numbers. I can only do like words and concepts. Um, but yeah, without my phone, I'm without my phone is I've cognitive offloaded, but nothing else. But that's interesting. Cognitive offloading. Wow. Offloading robs you of the opportunity to develop the long-term knowledge structures that help you create connections, have novel insights and deepen your knowledge. Benjamin Storm, PhD and associate psychology professor at the University of California, Santa Cruz, told the people a paper. Millennials and Gen Xers were more likely to get their recipes from internet than boomers, according to a study. And millennials reported watching online cooking videos far more than older generations. A 2015 Google study found that 60% of millennials cook with a smartphone in hand, but their searches can be incredibly basic. One of the most popular items was how to make the best baked potatoes. <laughs> millennials are anxious. If millennials are anxious about their lack of skills, one Canadian study found only 31% of 18 to 29 year olds felt confident in the kitchen as opposed to nearly half of adults over 50. That lack of confidence may lead them to repeat rote uninspired meals, according to a study commissioned by the British retailer and service provider co-op. One third of millennials rely on a handful of dishes they know really well. So <clears throat> if you're one of those millennials, we've got some recipes for you. They're not intimidating, we promise, and they'll help make things that are more complicated than grilled cheese. Heck, we'll help you make grilled cheese too. And if you don't know what a butter knife looks like, we won't judge. Um, that's cute. That's, but it's also kind of sad. But I mean, it's, but it's, it's, I could say it's true. I know, listen, I'm guilty of, I don't have the cell phone in my hand, but I do go to my all recipes app and I look up recipes and I will, that's sometimes that's how I roll, you know, but I don't need, I, I don't go for it if I'm making rice or spaghetti. Right, right. You know what, you know what you're doing. Yeah. I, I find this funny. I, they just put out a new, okay. Netflix shapes all of our lives. We can admit it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not going to feel guilty about it anymore. Thanks Netflix. Uh, but they put out the very first season of the great British baking show, which I guess has been going on for years and years, but they just sort of brought it to Netflix. And now I'm like totally obsessed. So we binge watched, um, like the whole season, uh, this weekend. And, um, I love the British baking show. And it's so funny because we were taught in America that English food is gross. Like how many times were you hurt? Were you told that stereotype that stereotype that, that English food is gross and England has no history of cooking and there there's no, they're awful and their cuisine is fucked. Their cuisine is delicious. Well, and look at the great British baking show. There's, they start with 12 people who are insanely good bakers. And this is what we, we at the same time, Okay, so I didn't even know the, the great baking history in, in Britain because of the because of the kings and queens and the cakes and pies and they fucking love dessert and sweet things. Wait, wait, they love pastry. Right, but when we came over, when then weird like their descendants or whatever, and they came to the United States, and what kind of like weird xenophobic? We're like we're we're gonna badmouth the English forever. And we had the shittiest food. Like the beginning of America's start is like it's like gross porridges and these like bland shitty. The, that's what the pilgrims brought. Right. right. <laughs> it's so stupid though because in England they had cakes and cookies and scones and fish pie, scotchy scones and scotchish weird weird names for things and fucking all of these. There's recipes from the 16th century about like they were making uh, ginger cakes and all of these. I mean. Then they had the knowledge of the French because they were buddies with the French because they sort of intermarried. So then you'd have like French chefs and they were making these, you know, cro- croquembouche, these huge, all these amazing. Th- 
They had a lot of game. Why game did we meets. bad mouth? England's so hard though. We badmouth everybody, sweetheart, I, and we still there. We still everything. Like we think pizza is ours. No, it's not. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not Italian. ours. Like it's when people say like, yeah, pizza, American. I'm like, no, tacos. That's not ours. Well, but Taco Bell tacos. I mean, those are like American. That's why people like, but that's the thing is that Americanized. <laughs> so like our food is actually has become sort of fast food. Yeah, hamburgers. That's not ours. It comes from Hamburg, Germany. Right. Yeah. But then McDonald's is ours. So it's like we... We still. We steal and we appropriate and then... It's like we stole this country. Yeah. I mean, well, we did. I did. Um, but like, you know, I guess... But here's I just something I, something I did notice that I am proud of living in this country. We finally kind of made America cuisine like such as like... American cuisine is mostly more Southern style food because that I can say is actually ours because a lot of the food that Southern style came from the slaves and what their masters would toss out to them. So like, for example, grits, um, uh, biscuits and gravy, country fried steak, meatloaf. Sure. 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 You know, the bits and the bits and parts, the bits and parts. You'd get like, maybe they'd, Corn give, is give from the, the Americas. Yeah. They give you the head of the pig, and then it's like, well, I guess I'm going to use make head cheese out of it. Yeah, exactly. Corn is something here from the, the Americas, and potatoes. Potatoes are something that, you know, mashed potatoes. I love you know, potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. You can do anything with a mashed potato. Um, so, I mean, that's something, and a lot, and I, I will say, like, the farm to table thing is a nice concept that I think yeah. we've kind of developed here and it's and there there's a bunch of farm to table places in britain too that i've been to but i when, mean when was the last time that you were in you were uh, in britain? i was there january oh wow yeah so it was almost a year ago and i ate great because british food does not just consist of like pastries and fish and chips now you have the influx of you know different types of cultures there so caribbean the best caribbean like jamaican beef patties i've ever had were in england or uh indian food the best goddamn indian food indian food is really yeah the best indian food i ever had was in london wow yeah and that's also the same thing goes for irish food like they have the curry and the potatoes thing which is pretty damn good so i mean well we must be hungry yeah we're hungry. Uh, yeah <laughs> i haven't eaten anything i still got tequila swimming in my belly why what 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 was happening that you stayed out so late or that you were um fun? well we, um a friend of ours uh theo ellington uh was running in our district and he had an election party <clears throat> and sherrod uh Walton won so but it was it was it was it was nice and he got defeated whatever but it was nice to be around people talking politics yeah and seeing how like how exhausting it's a fucking sport right well it's I, a sport god damn it it's I mean it all comes down to this is why I don't like sports people with money and people without money and people with money want to keep their money and people that don't have money need to be taken care of because the way that we treat people, I mean, it's, I just had next socialism, but if we could value everybody's, I mean, it is about the minimum wage then, because if we could value everybody's work in a more equitable fashion, 
Yeah. Then we would, I mean, everybody would have a higher standard of living. And that's it's, the thing. That's, it, it's like, what that that's the thing, though, is that they're like, oh, I don't want my standard of living to go down. I can't let my standard of living go down. Uh, uh, what? I mean, it's how how big does your house need to be? How how, how much do you, need? do you need? Well, but even in even in San Francisco, like things are a little smaller here, and I've met people with three bedroom homes that say, "Oh, you know, it's just the kids have to share a bedroom. We feel so badly about it." And it's like th- people used to live all in one room. room. Like, yeah. we. I mean, things obviously things are different now, and and the whole point, I guess, of America is that you want to become a rich pretentious piece of shit uh greedy piece of shit like everybody else maybe is that the goal or like is there something higher that we aspire to is there like a democratic ideal that was put forth with the constitution starting we the people is it really about the people or is it about the few that are able to control the people and then the you know and then the people that one right if you're there because con- if you control the people the people give you their money i mean if you think about it like that all of right our politicians there. are actually our employees and yeah. yet we i mean but we can't touch them and talk right. to them we're just their constituents we're just the peasants down here right the peasants that's, that's what it's always it, been peasants yeah that's what it feels like going back to the minimum wage though i will say there are some initiatives that i was paid attention to uh missouri they've uh missouri and uh was was arkansas forgive me um they voted for a higher minimum wage so now twelve dollars an hour which is good hey that's great that's great so that's a start right there in the cost of living current arkansas minimum wage uh Arkansas issue five minimum wage increase initiative 2018. Oh, Arkansas, Arkansas and Missouri just approved a big minimum wage increase. Liberal victory in red states. Uh, this, ju- yeah, this just came out. Good. Uh, this is in Little Rock, and I'm going to Little Rock, so this Yay. is helpful because I need to know what those what these people are about because I Get want them, well, I want them to laugh at my jokes. I'm so nervous. Identify. In Little Rock, Arkansas and Missouri voters approved substantial increases to their state minimum wages as Tuesday, on Tuesday as people across the political spectrum endorsed higher pay for low-wage workers. It marks a decisive victory for a liberal cause in two red states that strongly support President Trump. Oh my God, it's a support. I, I'm going to Trump territory. The wins are likely to embolden progressive activists to try to get minimum wage increases on the ballots in 2020 in other conservative states in the South and Midwest. Arkansas voted to increase the state's current minimum wage of $8.50 an hour to $9.25 on January 1st, 2019, $10 on January 1st, 2020. 11 on January 1st, 2121. Is that it? 2021. A rapid escalation of one of the nation's poorest states will result in a quarter of the state's workers getting a raise. Missouri voters approved a gradual increase of the state's 7.85 an hour minimum wage to $12 an hour over the next five years, which is expected to result in more than 675,000 workers getting a raise. The ballot measure in Arkansas, known as Issue 5, passed with 68% of the vote, and Missouri's Proposition B passed with 62% of the vote, despite opposition from top Republican lawmakers in both states. Arkansas and Missouri will soon have the highest minimum wages of any state, red or blue. Some Arkansas workers lauded the change. This is going to help me out a lot right now, said Sharon (laughs) Jones, a 59-year-old in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, who works to... 
jobs and is trying to save up enough money to repair the stilts under her home that keep it above the floodwaters that still come down the hill into her neighborhood when there's a rough storm. I can't save anything right now. I never, ever thought I'd be in this position. Jones voted for the minimum wage increase in Arkansas, which will have a direct impact on her life. She makes $8.50 an hour as a home care aide and $9 an hour doing the laundry at a nursing home. She can't remember the last time she received a raise. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, Republican, called the move a job killer and Uh. argued that voters should reject a pay hike and leave the issue for the GOP-controlled legislature to decide. Hutchinson and many business leaders said they fear the state will lose jobs and businesses to other nearby states since almost all the surrounding states will have federal minimum wage of 725, which has not changed in nearly a decade. Mm. 21 states have a 725 minimum wage, the lowest rate in the country, and that has not increased since 2009. Wow. So Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, North Dakota, Wisconsin... Uh, Iowa, in, in Indiana, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, yeah, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Alabama, Trump country, Texas. Yeah, so basically in all of Trump country. And then, and then, and then up Ver- there is that's Vermont, Vermont, Vermont New Hampshire. So, New Hampshire has a 725. Oh, New Hampshire. Excuse yeah. me. Sorry, you're right. And uh, Pennsylvania. I'm surprised by Pennsylvania. I mean, I see Wisconsin. it in the, in the south, but 725 minimum wage. Wow. But Arkansas is one of the poorest in the nation is routinely ranked in the bottom six for poverty and child poverty and supporters of the minimum wage increase were able to transcend the usual Democrat Republican divide. People call Arkansas conservative, but it's more populist. People here are socially conservative, but not necessarily free market. The big support for Trump is an indication of that said Jeremy Horpedal, an assistant professor of economics at the University of Central Arkansas, who has studied the minimum wage issue. People here are socially conservative. Those are important things for me to remember. So I can't talk about them gays. No, talk about the facts. And I can't talk about, I can't, they don't want to hear abortion jokes because they don't think it's funny. You'll be in Little Rock. I think you'll be all right. I don't, I'm not going to do any abortion jokes because I don't want them to yell at me off the stage. They're not going to. You'll be all right. The only one I think I could do would be like, oh, I have a really, really painful period. I think I just aborted the ghost of Scalia. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good one or you could use the ghost of sam walton because that is also who's sam walton uh you ever heard of walmart oh whoa wow that's yeah. walmart country mm. that's and that's probably the people that were putting the money into the initiative of not voting yes oh my on. god yeah because, because the walmart are, they're the most powerful riches uh family in the country wow so that they you know they most definitely they, put money they into don't want to know yeah they don't want to have people pay, being paid 12 dollars to work at walmart exactly holy toledo arkansas would the arkansas law would give will give the state effectively the highest minimum wage in the nation in 20 2021 when compared to the state's median median pay. There will be a narrow gap between the $11 minimum wage in Arkansas and the state's median wage of about $14.80 an hour, meaning people at the bottom will earn close to what the middle class does. California and New York will most certainly have wider gaps between their minimum wages and median wages, according to calculations by Horpital using the Labor Department data. As for Missouri, its effective minimum wage could be among the top 10 in the country, outranking more liberal New York and Massachusetts. Economists and business leaders warn that when a minimum wage gets too high, it can lead to job losses or cause firms to replace human workers with robots or other machinery. Arkansas could offer a test case of whether higher wages have any negative consequences. 
Don't let them poor people be rich. Some Republicans are already discussing whether to try to change the act with a supermajority vote in the state legislature or curb its impact by, for example, exempting teenagers from receiving the higher pay. Oh, no. See. But for now, uh, I mean, what if you're 16 and you have a baby? If you, what if you, you didn't get an abortion? Real. How about this? How about you're in Arkansas and your boyfriend, you've, you've no, you've no good choices to make anyways. And your boyfriend's like, I love you. If you let me have sex with you. And he's like, Oh, condoms feel gross and we can't afford it anyway. And so now you're pregnant, <laughs> but you can't have the baby because, Oh yeah, no abortions. Abortions bad. And the player parenthood is witchcraft. It's witchcraft. You had that baby. You, your mom had a baby when she was 15. You're 16. You're ready. So then she has a baby and she's still a 16 year old. Old, but now she's and then the, and the boyfriend <laughs> leaves her because he's a pile of shit so now she's a single mom her parents are mad at her she has no male support she's out on her own trying to raise this baby and she's got a minimum wage job at Walmart right <laughs> I that mean, shit's facts. But she's but she is a teenager so she doesn't so what if the, oh so the teenagers don't get minimum wage uh, I just, Ooh, I, but for now, voters have sent a strong message, and big employers are taking their own actions. Walmart, which is headquartered in Arkansas, is the largest employer in the nation, raised its starting pay to eleven dollars an hour earlier this year. Ooh, Ooh. damn! Wow! I know that they raised their minimum to. Wow. I did not know that. An Arkansas children's hospital system just announced it would raise its entry level pay from ten ten an hour to fourteen an hour. Wow. In January, the companies didn't formally take a stand on the Arkansas wage vote, but the move demonstrates some major employers think they can absorb the costs. First of all, eight fifty an hour is never is not enough. It never was, said David Couch, a lawyer in Little Rock who pushed for wage increases to be on the ballot this year. While we are a Republican state, we are compassionate conservatives. This is the right thing to do. Wow, kudos, Arkansas. So I'm starting to understand this. They are a socially conservative state which means that they are that's a sweet way of saying closed-minded racist uh yeah. no it's, it's um no you gotta be fast yeah it's it, when they say that they are socially conservative it means they don't like the gay marriage yeah and they don't like the women having choices for their own bodies they don't like those things but they like weed they do have do they like weed they have uh a what? uh medical there okay yeah speaking going to the abortion thing here's something else that got passed and i believe it was north dakota and our favorite hillbilly state fucking alabama Uh they did something very unconstitutional last night uh they voted um uh basically they're they're trying to they voted on basically a ban on abortion what yeah Alabama, that one, that one won. It, it, it's basically it's something about using the fetus as a life or what have you, and they voted that you know when during conception or something like that, and it's basically they're trying to ban abortion, and they pass, and in, that is actually in um, in Alabama. Alabama. This is Alabama, and I believe it something similar like that passed um, in either North or South Dakota. Yeah. Abortion Alabama news. Will Roe v. Wade be overturned? Alabama and West Virginia just approved anti-abortion abortion amendments. Holy fuck. Yeah. So this is a crazy thing is that now is the time more than ever for me to be doing my abortion jokes, which I think are hilarious. But Here's other people don't think it's hilarious. And, and it's really hard for me 
and, and this is exactly what I came to last night. There was these thoughts and these feelings about we are so divided in our country and we're not okay with it. Like, and lashing out. It's like, I don't understand them. I don't understand how women something private can vote to have their rights taken away. And, and it's like, they're white they're, women. But it's <laughs> that they're so, they think they know best for everybody that I, I honestly like, think that if you don't want to have a baby it's your choice don't have a baby and if something happens like which things and, do and you sh- and you should always take precautions and you should always be you know you shouldn't be out willy i mean okay i agree moralistically that you shouldn't be out willy-nilly having sex without protect like i don't have a problem with people going out willy-nilly having sex and obviously netflix doesn't either because all this wife swapping stuff is happening and all this swingers so we were like well once you're in a married committed relationship then you can fuck as many people as you want we're cool with that but not if you're right like so netflix, wife swapping is all over netflix right now there's a movie about about it and then there's these things and the thing and they're all doing all the fucking so that's fine and, and I don't have a problem with that either as long as because everybody's being safe business. But, but if, as long as everybody's being safe like I, I don't and it's but moralistically it's nobody's business how you like it's almost like if you if you get off you're a bad person like is that is is that like entrenched in us from religion and yes. somehow like Puritans and but the, I, I mean I understand like in the past that you'd want to be you know you wanted to have your wife like on a leash because you don't want anyone else to she's yours she's your property and that's your she's that's you. obey, she, me. You're, obey me she's mine do have to pr- propagate the species and I don't God, I don't understand but this is going into the fact of like your body is ours not yours right, <laughs> right. you know and we but we know better we, you don't know you you're not you don't know you're wrong we're right mm-hmm. so I, I, I mean i i i can't the, so just, what what don't move to alabama i guess is the, is the answer here but what they're doing is unconstitutional too because that is uh it's an amendment alabama west virginia voters approve anti-abortion amendments in hopes roe v wade will be overturned because everybody's precious until Everybody it comes out. Until it comes out, and we don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, that's my whole joke. Don't give it I, no wicks. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the wick. Alabama and West Virginia voters have approved amendments to their state constitutions that could threaten access to abortions if wrote the Roe v. Wade landmark 1973 Supreme Court decision that recognized a woman's legal right to abort abortion is overturned. Under Alabama's new amendment, Amendment 2, protecting the rights of unborn children, the su- supporting the sanctity of unborn life is now a state policy. <laughs> the measure also asserts that there will be no constitutional protections for the right to abortion. With 90% of precincts reporting voters had approved the measure with more than 59% of the vote. Jesus Christ. With just over 40% of people voting against it, according to Ballotpedia. West Virginia's new measure, Amendment 1, similarly changes the state's constitution to make it clear that the right of abortion will not be protected. In addition, preventing state taxpayer funds from being used for abortions or for those who rely on Medicaid. <gasps> oh. With 99% of precincts reporting. Here's the thing. If you're so poor that you're on Medicaid, you shouldn't have a baby. Like, I, I, I can't even understand. I can't even wrap my brain about on this that you want people who are too poor to have their own medical needs facilitated 
you want them, do you want to force them to bring another human being into an expensive world when they don't want you? You're asking a person to change their life and probably not in a way that they want to change it. And then here's here's another funny factor. What about when it comes to like incest and rape? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's something psychologically that damages a woman or a person. Period. But let alone the fact that if that person ends up pregnant. Yeah, it's very very color purple. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Super color purple. It's like heat that is color purple everywhere. That on is top of me. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's some fucking Alabama shit too, yo. <laughs> That's like keeping it real back to the day. <laughs> and then here's, and I'm sure, if, if, I'm sure, th- I, I, I wonder if they're going to dig deeper to when they talk about contra- contraception. Yeah, I mean, because, well, they should teach contraception at a very young age. Well, I, that's the thing, though, is like, if you want to. You're preventing I, yourself. I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my brain around. Stupidity. But the baby, for them, they honestly believe that this when it's not that that it's when it's you know that you're pregnant that that means god is what bestowed upon you this gift and you can't make a choice whether you want to go through with this or not because it's a moral thing because it's a life and it's a baby and god loves it well you know what america doesn't look at the way we treat our kids (laughs) look at the way we well, we want them to, we just want little consumers, but. Yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is just. <sighs> I don't understand. I just don't. It's, I really wish that I could. And I used to be a person that was like super Christian and thought that abortion was bad. But man, the lives that exist now, why would you? It's, but, the, it's, but the thing is, it's like it's something personal. It's not something that you just randomly talk. Oh, by the way, I'm having an abortion today. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not something that it's 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 I, not I the did, best moment in someone's life to right. go to the clinic and be like, oh, this is what I'm going to have. Well, to do. the midazolam is pretty good, though. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's good drugs. It's some, some sweet. Drugs, <laughs> That's your favorite. I love it. Yeah, give me some medazolam. Uh, I don't know why they Safari wants to keep not letting us learn about abortion. With 99% of pre-seeks reporting, uh, okay, I already said, oh, voters in West Virginia approved the measure with more than 61% of the vote. In Oregon, voters rejected Measure 106, a similar proposal that sought to, sought to prohibit publicly funded health care programs for covering abortions. What? That was on the ballot, huh? Isn't that crazy? The amendments approved in Alabama and West Virginia cannot have any real impact. Nevertheless, if the Supreme Court moves to overturn Roe v. Wade or gives states the authority to decide on abortion laws, the American Civil Liberties Union has warned on its website that the measures could seriously curtail access to abortions in those states. If the Supreme Court does give states the authority to decide on their own abortion laws, the ACLU warned that these new measures could lead to abortion being completely outlawed. Over the past year, the ACLU and pro-choice advocates have warned that the appointment of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh could also spell the end for Roe v. Wade, with the judge's appointment bringing a five-justice conservative majority to the Supreme Court. I hope his daughters have an abortion. The ACLU (laughs) accused proponents of both anti-abortion measures of trying to hoodwink voters into giving away their rights now and avoid the messy legislative battles sure to come in the wake of the Roe reversal. Data from the Center of Reproductive Rights suggests 
that by some estimates, nearly half the states in the U.S. would either outlaw abortion entirely or severely restrict if the Supreme Court were to overturn or gut Roe. The organization asked, stated on its website that if Roe was overturned, the right to abortion would put at high risk, put the highest risk of loss at at least in 22 states. Wow. But here's a positive factor since those fuck faces voted on that. They would have to go through the House of Representatives, oh, too. Oh, right, 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 right. Which is yeah. now taken over by the Democrats. Sure. So, I mean, we're not at a long shot, and I'm not going to get too comfortable. But it, it, it's something that it's it's not going to happen anytime soon. Right. So I'm not fearful, but I'm just more pissed off that you're invading someone's space. That's someone's personal life and choice. And how dare you use your Christianity to tell me that I... That what I'm doing is a sin. Isn't there a wait? You you what know about you the Bible. Sin, yeah. You know about the Bible. Isn't there an excerpt in I believe is it the Old Testament where they talk about if a woman cheats on her husband and she becomes pregnant that she's to drink a vial of poison or something. Wow. And, uh, I need but, to look yeah, that up. Let's I believe yeah, I believe that's in the Old Testament because the Old Testament's all fucked up and bloody. But yeah, I just learned about this recently. There is an excerpt where it talks about basically killing your child or having, excuse me, having an abortion, which is two different things because people kill their kids every, th- every day. And it wouldn't necessarily be that the wife cheated. It could be that the neighbor just, you know, raped her. Uh, numbers, 5, 13 through 31, the test up for an unlawful wife. Oh, boy. Let's see what this get is some all Jesus about. up in here. Yeah, oh, excuse excited me. about I'm sorry, this. God, yeah, no, God. Because there was no Jesus in the Old Testament. Concerning an unfaithful wife, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the Israelites and say to them, if any man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him, if a man has had intercourse with her, but it is hidden from her husband so that she is undetected, though she has defiled herself and there is no witness against her since she was not caught in the act if a spirit of jealousy comes on him and he is he is jealous of his wife who has defiled herself or if a spirit of jealousy comes on him and he is jealous of his wife though she has not defiled herself then the man shall bring his wife to the priest and he shall bring the offering required for her one tenth of an epoth of barley flour he shall pour no oil on it and put no frankincense on it for a grain offer of jealousy, a grain offering of remembrance, bringing iniquity to remembrance. What the fuck? Then the priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. The priest shall take holy water in an earthen vessel and take some of the dust that is on the floor of the tabernacle and put it in the water. And the priest shall set the woman before the Lord, dishevel the woman's hair and place her hands the place in her hands the grain offering of remembrance which is the grain offering of jealousy and it is in his own hand the priest shall have the water of bitterness that brings the curse the priest shall make her an oath saying if no man is lain with you if you have not turned aside to uncleanliness while under your husband's authority be immune to this water of bitterness that brings the curse but if you have gone astray well, under your husband's authority, if you have defiled yourself and some other man other than your husband has had intercourse with you, let the priest make the woman take the oath of the curse and say to the woman, the Lord make you an ex- execration 
and an oath among your people where the Lord makes your uterus <coughs> drop, your womb discharge, and now this water that brings the curse enter your bowels and make your womb discharge, your uterus drop, and the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. Oh my God. This is like witchcraft. <laughs> How is it how is it that the people that are like super Christian and shit and biblical and it's like this is filled with witchcraft. This is we're some gonna make a shit. bitter water. We're gonna put some barley flour in our hands and kneel. Kneel before the priest. I mean, this is some crazy ass shit. I think that we should like remake we need some cartoonists to help us sort of remake this crazy story that's abortion though that you're right this is exactly this is so this is the crazy the womb discharge so there's the bitterness that brings the curse i would say that pregnancy could be the curse you know what i mean that's a little bit allegorical if you will what i'm talking about the priest make the woman take the oath of the curse and say to the woman the lord make you an execration and an oath among your people where the Lord makes your uterus drop, your womb discharge. Now may this water that brings the curse enter your bowels and make your womb discharge, your uterus drop, and the woman shall say amen, amen. Some fucked up shit. Men, men. Then the priest shall put these curses in writing and wash them off into the water of bitterness. And he shall make the woman drink of the water of bitterness that brings the curse. And the water that brings the curse shall enter her and cause bitter pain. Abortion. The priest shall take the grain offering of jealousy out of the woman's hand and shall elevate the grain offering before the Lord and bring it to the altar. And the priest shall take a handful of the grain offering as a memorial portion and turn it into smoke on the altar. And afterward shall make the woman drink the water. When he has made her drink the water, then, if she has defiled herself and has been unfaithful to her husband, the water that brings the curse shall enter into her and cause bitter pain, and her womb shall discharge, her uterus drops, and the woman shall become an excretion among her people. But if the woman has not defiled herself and is clean, then she shall be immune, and she will be able to conceive children. This is the law in the cases of jealousy, when a wife, when under her husband's authority, goes astray and defiles herself. Or, when a spirit of jealousy comes into the man, and he is jealous of his wife, then he shall set the woman before the Lord, and the priest shall apply this entire law to her. The man shall be free from iniquity, but the woman shall bear her iniquity. Numbers 5, 11 through 31. Amen. Yeah. I mean, and people, and I can't do Jesus jokes in Arkansas. Do you see that it's killing me? It's. it's you can read this. I. This is, yeah, they're like, hey, man, and you said it, man, her uterus dropped. The Lord gave her an abortion. This, is, this priest, is the Bible. Did the priest give her an abortion this or did the Bible, get, or did the, did the Lord give her an abortion? Drinking the bitter flower. Burn it. This is very witchcrafty. Take the flower. <laughs> And burn it, and then mix it in the water, and make her drink it. And if her uterus drops, and she wets herself, she defies. Then, then, oh, then she's bad. But if and she's in tons of pain, then, then obviously, obviously she has defiled herself. If she's in tons of pain, and all these things happen, she's like, ah, okay, yeah. So she's guilty, right? So she's a witch. This seems very witchy. How, like? <laughs> I've never read the her the whole excerpt. It's, it's this crazy, is, go nuts, right? This is this is madness. This How is, do we explain this in church now? I don't. Yeah, I mean, it, 
my mind's blown. Sorry. I mean, I just feel like Sorry. if the husband is jealous, okay, so what? She Isn't even that do an anything. evil thing? Isn't jealousy a sin, by uh, the way? It's one of the seven deadly sins, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Jealousy. Yeah. But, but why is he, he has able no, to? Yeah. The, the man shall be free from iniquity because it's the wife's fault if she does anything. If a man looks at her, then she's... It's always our fault. Yeah, it's always our fault. I just... I, I really want to do feminism jokes and I feel like... God damn. Ten things only people in Arkansas will, under, under, will understand. The Razorbacks have every Arkansas's undying love. The Razorbacks. Razorbacks. What's a Razorback? Razorbacks. The amount of Razorback gear you have in your college team mascot. Oh, uh, oh, okay. The outdoors are an Arkansas's second home. Hunting. Arkansas isn't called the natural state for nothing. In fact, open spaces always seem to be showing off wildflowers in bloom, yibbity dibbity, boating, trails. All right. Arkansans really know how to appreciate the simple life. When it take a breather, when it comes to life in Arkansas, you can expect it to move at a slow pace. Mm-hmm. Maybe in some cities like Little Rock, Conway, Fort Smith, and Fayetteville, take on a busier day in comparison to the state's plentiful small towns. But the rat race <laughs> mentality, in short supply, there's nothing but sitting on your porch listening to the sounds of birds and frogs after a day spent outdoors. It's fucking boring. No, it's. I mean, it's fine. I just have to figure out. Uh, they okay? No abortion jokes. I'm not allowed to make fun of Jesus. I kind of want to do all my feminist material. I guess cats. Can I? Do they like cats there? Yeah. I, I, but then I, I talk about finger banging. Am I allowed to talk about talk yeah. about sex? But they're yeah. but they're very. It's said that they're. Um, you'll be in, you'll be in Little Rock. You'll be fine. I know. But I have to MC. I have to have the first set. I'm so nervous. You'll be. You'll be. They have fine. to like me. Arkansans have a festival for everything. It doesn't matter if it's harvest or Christmas, summertime, or the first weeks of spring. In Arkansas, you can pretty much find a festival. Okay. You can talk about weed. Everyone here says y'all and reckoning are darn proud of it. Arkansas's locals pull from their own book of catchphrases. And those that are easy for outsiders to decipher and some require further translations. Arkansas may describe that a crooked fence is being cattywampus. I like cattywampus is a word. Or over there yonder to describe a location, which are simpler enough, but angry as a wet hen may be confusing to those that, that didn't grow up hearing it. And words like y'all and reckon are often included in daily chats. And they feel as natural as punctuation. <laughs> Arkansas, you can make friends faster than you can say hello. Southern hospitality still rings true in Arkansas. It's easy to make friends, even if you're new to the area. But if you're spooky, get out of here, nigger. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this year at Halloween, we're not allowed to say spooky anymore because of its racial connotation. Oh, come on. It's very San Francisco, so isn't it? It's, San, it's, it's, it's a San Francisco school district for you. You're um, not supposed to say school. We're, we're a little bit too PC out here. <laughs> People here have a camouflage outfit for every occasion. That's true. That is. I can make true. a joke about camouflage. I mean, I've got it. I can make a joke. I have to start thinking about that camouflage, blending in. You're always camouflage, like, fucking war or hunting. Right. Well, but uh, yeah, cam. Uh, but I've got to think like cam. Like I, I'm trying to fit in somehow. Cam. I used to make a joke about camouflage. People in Arkansas appreciate good food and a lot of it. There's a lot of fat fucks out there. Supper in Arkansas means good Southern cooking, whether a slab of barbecue or a serving of fresh fish surrounded by a homemade size. And while ketchup and ranch dressing are still popular as comfort foods, organic produce is also part of the menu. And nothing's more fun than baiting, catching, and frying your own fish than having equally fresh produce out in the summer. That's true. Arkansas can, can drink any out-of-state visitor under the table. I believe that shit, too. 
if you can't make moonshine yourself, you know someone who does, the amount of alcohol always outnumbers the amount of food at any given get-together. But thanks in part to large breweries on and similar to those in Fatville Ale Trail, you're also learning about differences in beer that you probably weren't paying much attention to in the past. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out the Saddleback Brewery, West Mountain Brewing Company, and Stone's Throw Brewing Company to see what the fuss is about. And in the natural state, tractors are usually the blame for gridlock. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Camouflage. Razorbacks. No Bible jokes. You'll be fine. Arkansas I've spent uh, many times down there, and definitely when I was a kid. So I... I feel so dumb, but I can't even point to it on a map. Like if you showed me a map of the United States, is it, it's like maybe near Louisiana? It just showed you the map. Oh, it's did right, it? Yeah, it was, it's right below my home state. Oh, okay, it's right Missouri. below Missouri, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, and then under it is Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. We watch dangerous storms from our front porches. The That's country true. road hit, head nod or one finger waving while driving. We're super friendly. We treat strangers like family. Until I see some niggers in my property. We marry young. Yeah, Arkansas ranks us third on the list of youngest married states. That's not a good thing. We say weird stuff. In fact, we can have entire conversations using just our idioms. Ain't he cuter than a bug's ear since he was a knee-high to a grasshopper? If it's made of water and looks relatively free of flash flooding, we'll swim in it. That's true. We've got great access to fresh produce. But most of us prefer to fry our vegetables. We serve gravy for all three meals. We also have a gravy for every occasion. This is Tuesday afternoon gravy. (laughs) Iced tea, please. Yeah, sweet year-round iced tea. Look, they're burning seed, they're burning crosses. Spontaneous spontaneous bonfires. Yeah, with crosses. crosses Yeah, that's funny. Spontaneous bonfire or KKK rally. Bring your own tiki torch. <laughs> we can make fun of Arkansans, but if you're not from here, you best not. That's true. Fair enough. I will say I remember the I there was one time I really got scared. Okay, so this is there where is, I'm from. I see, right there. This is Missouri. So oh, yeah. I'm a little bit from like an hour away. And then this is uh Fayetteville and then Harrison, Arkansas is the most racist place. And we used to have to drive through Harrison, Arkansas. Um, to get to Pine Bluff and Little Rock. Um, right. This is Pine Bluff. That's Little right, Rock. Right, Pine Bluff. Right um, What's in Pine Bluff? That's predominantly a black black town. Oh. Yeah. Um, but basically, Harrison, Arkansas was Klan country. And oh. I remember my mom wouldn't... We, I would want to get something to eat. And she's like, we got to drive through Harrison. Wait till we get out of Harrison first. We, You never wanted to stop in Harrison, Arkansas. Oh. Because it, it was super scary. Yeah. And Conway, Arkansas, too. Wow. Because you... and I, Yeah. Because of That's the color of one's skin. With. Yeah. It's so like... I mean, I hate to be all like new agey in California and San Francisco and be like, it's like, the, I don't understand why we're not all the same. <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I understand that like... There's a re- where's a real history of of oppression from white people, and it goes back a long way, and it still exists. It still exists. But is it? It's just so weird because 
I mean, I just, I don't understand how, I guess everyone has to hate someone. Yeah. But isn't isn't the most dumbest, (sighs) retarded thing is hating someone because of the color of their skin? Like, it's it's, it's pretty pretty dumb. it's, It's so petty. And you know, even why can't we just hate ugly people? Right, right. Like, why can't we all be together and be like, you know what? Let's find. But then that thing is, that ugliness or beauty is so subjective. So, like, I hate how do stupid we even, people. Yeah, how do we? Can't we? Yeah. I mean, I just I hate ignorance. It's just like, wow, I just don't understand how dumb. I can't say hate because that is. A, let's just say I kind of loathe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, but even that's something in my own timeline that I remember as a kid, like being afraid of like oh we're coming up on harris in arkansas like i always wanted to go to this place called dog patch usa it was a um amusement park and they always would show it on the tv on the tv when i was a kid and i'm like i want to go there mom why can't i go to dog patch usa honey that's in harris in arkansas you don't want to go there sure <laughs> well, my ex-husband never wanted to go to the South. He was like, there's no reason to go there together. We are an interracial couple, and that would be stupid. He's like, why do we want to do that? There's I mean, just it's no not, point. Yeah, I mean, trust oh, me, it happens right. here, too. But the fact of the matter is just, it's just more in your face there, which I prefer. In face. It's That's the way I grew up. I'm like, if you're going to hate me, you got to hate me in my face. Yeah, hate me to my face. The culture of Arkansas is a subculture of the United southern United States that has come from the blending of heavy amounts of various European settlers' <laughs> culture with the culture of African slaves and Native Americans. Southern culture remains prominent in rural Arkansas Delta and South Arkansas. The Ozark Mountains and the Ouachita Mountains retain their historical mount. Arkansans share a history with the other southern states that includes institution of slavery, the American Civil War, Reconstruction, Jim Crow laws and segregation, the Great Depression and the Civil Rights Movement. It really affected them. On a more abstract level, Arkansas's culture can be seen and heard in literature, music, sports, film, television, and art. Arkansas is known for such authors as John Gould Fletcher, John Grisham, Charlene Harris, and Maya Angelou. And for musicians and bands such as Johnny Cash and Charlie Rich. For interest in football, hunting, and fishing. For the films and television shows filmed in their state, the actors and actresses from Arkansas. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so that's a nice way of saying, like, that's pretty pretty racist background. <laughs> pretty racist. <laughs> this is just this is Wikipedia. I'm like I'm like what? This is the culture of Arkansas. I like the fact that that they mentioned that though. The people of Arkansas are stereotyped both by their manners and for being highly religious. No Jesus jokes, Pam. Language in Arkansas is a combination of several different sub-dialects of Southern American English found across the state. The state's culture is also influenced by our economy. So, but this is the thing. If they're all highly religious, they should love my Jesus jokes. They should fucking love them. Because I'm not like, I mean, I can't do my knock-knock who's there. Jesus, Jesus who? Because they'll be like, we know. I mean, I can do knock-knock who's there, Jesus uh, he's opened the door to my heart too. <laughs> I mean, I can be, I can be like that. Uh, or, and I feel like I can do all my religious, my like everything I learned about feminism. I learned from the Bible because of Esther, you know, she had a hot rack. It didn't look Jewy. Is that, <laughs> I think that's fun that they can, they get that. I mean, they'll understand it because they understand the Bible. I mean, I feel like even my Bible delving joke, I mean, I guess, I guess, um, I guess it's, it would be by cheerleading, being a Christian cheerleader, 
the Christian cheerleader. Right, that, those jokes. I mean, I've got that. I mean, will they be offended by it? There is only one God. Andy is the sun God. Ra, ra, ra. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just kidding. I really was a cheerleader for Christ. And then it's, um, you know, give me a, oh God, maybe they won't like it. Give me a, give me a J. J. Or no, no, it's give me a K. Give me an I. Give me an L. Give me an L. Who did the Jews kill? Jesus. You Put those nails that. in my hands. We'll all go to promised land. Yay, we got 12 mansions in heaven. <laughs> the only thing that sucks about being a Christian cheerleader is that the skirts were really long. And they aren't, they weren't sexy. You still have your cheerleading outfit. I do, of course. Well, I, this is a joke though. The skirt's really long, which is not sexy. And then my butt always hurt from protecting my virginity. So the thing is, is that is that too much for them? That's too too much that's making fun of god and religion and like right but it's i think they, you should try it out i i mean because my the thing is they actually know the bible and so many of my bible jokes are like based on but i'm making fun of the bible but you but the it's thing like, is you are you were you could use the fact that you were raised as a christian in a right. christian household Right. So you know what it's like. Right. You know what it's like to be a Christian. Well, and I've got this old joke about Walnut Creek and that there's a new gang out there and it's really scary and they're called the Bloods of Christ. <laughs> and what they did is, um, it was terrible. It was in a school. It's documented. They, they... Is this real? No, oh, this is a joke. <laughs> uh, it's it's documented. It's real. Yeah, they were drinking. Um, they were drinking the blood of Christ. They were drinking uh, Clodoval in the bathroom. They found him with a nice bottle of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. But the the worst the worst was when they sat on this little fat kid and they um, and they force fed him a, a, a roll, and and they were like, "This is my body broken for you." It's a Jesus thing. And so, yeah, they're the bloods of Christ. They're mean. They're mean little kids. They're a crazy, crazy I, gang. I think you roll with that one. They're, I they're think you can roll. They're a crazy gang of okay, hyper-Christians. They held down this poor little atheist boy, and they, like, they did that thing with the spit where they, like, drooled it down, tried to suck it up. And you know what he did? He just turned the other cheek. Ah! Uh, okay, you know why that joke will go well? Because also there was a gang. There's a gang culture. Oh, there's Little a Rock. gang culture. Yeah, there. Okay. There's a documentary called. There's a documentary called Banging in Little Rock. Oh my God. And this is like from the 90s. So there was like a Bloods and Crips like rivalry in Little Rock. They're called the Bloods of Christ. I, I think that's, it's a funny joke. That yeah, you gotta you gotta put that. You see, one on. I think that the Jesus material. Will, I think that a lot of times my Jesus material doesn't go over here because nobody reads the Bible. Like my Bible delving stuff. The, the other joke is that I sitting out and I'll be like, Have you guys ever gone Bible delving? I used to I used to do it as a kid and and you take your Bible and you go out into nature and you sit down on a stump and you close your eyes and you play really hard to Jesus and you say Jesus show me what you need me to know show me what you need me to see and you randomly open your Bible and you run your finger down and open your eyes and mine were always about sodomy like I couldn't get out of Leviticus like, <laughs> like what's going on man yeah. I think you yeah you're yeah I think your your Bible jokes will go well. You, okay yeah because you know my favorite Bible verse is Leviticus twenty twelve which is if you sleep with your father in law you should both be stoned. Uh, I love to be stoned. So you kidding. guys, I'm a stoner. Oh, so, but okay. I can I paint Jesus in a positive. I feel like I can do my Jesus material. Just so I wouldn't just go on a Jesus ramble. No no no. Yeah. I mean those those but, jokes those are those just those are just yeah. jokes. I have to do fifteen minutes. I mean, I get to so do can, 15 you can, you minutes. Can, you can touch the Bible. 
and then t- and then go back to being a nasty person. Well, and I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't want. I want them to like me. That's the thing. So, but I can do cat jokes, and I, I don't want to do like. I, I was like, oh, my clean material, Kafka Roach Coach, but I don't think I don't want to. I don't want them to think I'm a pretentious. I mean, I guess I can say it like. So I'm a pretentious poet from. San Francisco I'm totally I thought I'd shit on San Francisco I was like you know what totally because I can literally talk about the poo like I can literally shit on the city and you can't shit on San Francisco in San Francisco but in Little Rock Arkansas I can shit all over San Francisco (laughs) right and be like we are gross yes what is happening they will appreciate that well but will they like is do you think my San Francisco hygiene uh, ones are I think is that too gross no the fact that you are tearing down they like to hear liberals tear down their liberal cities so they'll feel they'll feel comfortable that way you can go into talking about like Jesus right it's a nice segue yeah yeah because I can I can talk about the poo on the streets in San Francisco and be like what is going on just like <laughs> rent is three thousand five hundred dollars and you can step in human feces all the time yeah. <laughs> like what is going this is what we liberals are paying for yeah this is what we're like it's so sunny and lovely it's sunny and nice here too I guess if I open up with like I love this but you guys are great I was so scared that I was gonna come here and be like this liberal pariah like this scary feminist Whoa, she's walking she can read she's walking down the street she can read <laughs> she can read she She's a witch. <laughs> She's not married. Yeah, I know. I, I used to be. I mean, and that's the other thing. I can't do my perspective joke. I don't think about my hus- my ex-husband's tiny penis. You had a brother with a tiny penis? But yeah, it's the perspective. So I have a joke where it's like, it's perspective. He was because I was, you know, a virgin when I got married and he was the only guy I ever had sex with. I never knew, like anything i was just like yeah and he'd be like i have big i'm like yeah it's huge it's great i love it it's i didn't and he never let me get dildos or anything because i like just didn't even i didn't realize i was just like oh he doesn't like that stuff he doesn't want it i didn't realize it was because of like a comparison i didn't didn't even know and we go to dinner parties and people would be like your husband yeah oh yeah yeah it's like i what and i'd be like yeah what yeah and then I left him and I moved to San Francisco and became the whore of Sodom and Gomorrah and I I slept with my first white guy and I was like, your dick is enormous. (laughs) And he was like, six inches is pretty standard. And I thought, wow, perspective. (laughs) The more you know, not all stereotypes are real, everybody. It's true. They're just stereotypes because they're generally true. But not always true. Sometimes you strike out. Sometimes. I mean, and he's, a, I, I hate to, I mean, I don't hate to, he doesn't have that tiny I mean, it was just, I really did. Like, I thought, I just didn't know that's why we never used, or never had dildos or anything. You never use a vibrator but, because of his. Right? Tiny. No, because he, because he did. I just didn't know. I, on, and it wasn't, it's not a problem. It, I mean, I was with him for, it, it, I didn't leave him because of, because of that. For any, It wasn't like that. I mean, he's a lovely human being and a really, really nice guy. And I'm glad that he's married to his wife. And it doesn't really even matter the size of whatever. But it's just the joke is funny because he's an African-American gentleman. And I'm so, wondering, does he let his wife have dildos? His new wife. I think that we were married so young and didn't really understand things. I mean, I don't think. But with that, am I, I mean, that's the thing is how much sex can I talk about since they're like a moralistic people? A little bit. I mean, I can yeah. clean it up. You could say dick. I mean, you could say dick on TV. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is. I'm going to stay away. I'm not going to say fuck swear though at all. No. <laughs> I love the fact that you're so kind of like slightly frightened. I am. I'm totally. <laughs> I'm going to do a lot of research. I really am. I'm, I'm doing research on Arkansas. I want to know like. 
things about and I'm gonna be there for their thanks on Thanksgiving. I'm flying on Thanksgiving. I'm there Thanksgiving. Oh night. shit, that's soon. Yeah, it's coming up. And then I've got all. You're gonna of, eat really good. I hope so. I'm gonna be there all Friday day, sort of like being like I'm in Arkansas and all that kind of stuff is. I think that that's kind of how I want to start out and talk is like, be like, I love this place. And like, it is so different than San Francisco, you guys. <laughs> I mean, I can even say I come from Sodom and Gomorrah. I come in peace. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do. I have a biblical background and I think that that could actually serve me in that. Of course. Yeah. But I mean, you're and the awesome. nanny material. You'll be fine. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll, you know, you'll be there, and you'll just have gravy on everything. I love gravy. So there's nothing wrong with gravy. You're gonna, yeah. Ooh, you're gonna have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think so. I'm a, I'm a little bummed that um, Jonathan was not able to make the trip with me. It was cost prohibitive, and it was too much time. He couldn't take that much time off of work because he has that new awesome job. Oh, that's right. Um, but I'm gonna go, you know, hang out with Steve Poggi, old dumb face himself, and his new and future wife. Wait, um, is his, this the lady that he was right the, the lady from before is she's back with her dogs that attacked him but then he spent <laughs> one of them actually died or something he, oh, he spent the whole weekend in like the in the in the veterinary er and spent a lot of money on her dogs and her dog <laughs> i'm sorry it he just random shit always happens to him yeah yeah <laughs> Well, random shit like him headlining at the funny, Looney Bin in Funny Looney Bin in Funnyville, the Little Rock, Arkansas Looney Bin. I'm. That's gonna be fun. I I really hope that I don't cry. I have to do. I have to. I get to do two shows a night, and you know, You're getting paid. And I'm getting paid, and I get to stay in like the comedy condo. Like they have a condo that they have their people stay in, and all that kind of stuff. You're gonna have Thanksgiving dinner there. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm really. I mean, I'm really excited, and I I, I just have to have enough confidence in myself and my material and enough i've been doing this now for seven and a half years i've been doing comedy i should be able to do and i can i can do 15 minutes no problem i just have to not do any abortion jokes and i, I need to you know i fly for like seven hours that day so i'm gonna take the time to really like go through my jokes write down things that i think are appropriate that i can stick with and you know things to avoid like Avoid abortion jokes. I think you'll be able to cut loose a lot more. I really do while you're there. Uh, after that first show, we'll see how yeah. how what works and what doesn't. You can at the closing night, you can uh, throw in an abortion. I'm still though. I'm the MC, so they have no matter what happens, I can't bomb because they have to like me throughout the show. Or if they hate me, I can even plan that. I can be like, hey, you hate me. Let's get me off stage and get the new comic on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean and I don't want to be too heavy handed with the feminism but even that statement in itself is political because heavy handed comes from slapping your bitch in the face you know what I'm saying like I don't want to be heavy handed with the feminism but the word but you know there's no men in the word feminist it's the only word I mean I That's think my true. menstruation joke is hilarious like the one thing that guys always complain about that grosses them the fuck out They've got their name all over it. Menstruation. Seriously? Menstruation. You start it with men. You're like, oh, it's gross. It smells funny. And you're like a witch. And it's called menstruation. Why? Why do you put your name all over that? So I don't want to come across as an angry feminist because, but I am kind of an angry feminist. <laughs> like, but that, but that's funny. I, I think it's I funny. Think you, I think you'll be, you'll be all right. I hope so. You'll be all right. I mean, 
If you were going to like Gainesville, Florida, I would question. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and that's the dick of the Americas. Florida, the biggest dick of the country. Well, um, Key West is pretty nice. Yeah, but Florida's still a dick. <laughs> I just, back to, we'll swing it back around to politics this weekend. I really do feel like we should have two different countries. I feel like I'm ready to trying succeed. to make, yeah. I mean, California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, if you want to come with us, great. Uh, you don't have to. Cool. Utah, it's up to you guys, really. You can come with us. But Colorado. probably not. If they just want to keep the middle and the south their own country, New York can be its own country. Like, the, the, the I just don't, Easters. I just don't feel comfortable or confident in our representation right now. And and yeah, we won the House back, and that's great. But now we have a Republican president. We have a Republican Senate. They already got Kavanaugh in. There's two bills that in two states that are trying to overturn uh, human rights. Because, you know, women are humans. It's, there's that I'm man a, again. I'm a human. There's that man. There's that there's man that again. Man. The, the man is all up in my uterus. I can't, I can't get away from that I man. I can't get away from him. He's, he's all. That's the thing. It's political. It's in our language. It's everywhere that we are subordinate. That, you know, the Bible says. And, and that women are imperfect. Because the Bible says we, so he took a, God took a curved rib from Adam. And if Adam wasn't. So he basically made Adam imperfect. And used an imperfect thing to fashion woman out like a subordinate. Really? So he took, God took clay or whatever and was like, I just made man. And he breathed life into it. He's like, yeah, man, you're alive. And then rather than just do that again with a new being with a vagina, nay, the hubris of man to say, well, of course he took the man and then fashioned part of the man into a woman because she couldn't possibly have been made from the breath of God like and the dust like man no nay so somehow from the beginning of time we've been subjugated or at least in literature that people study and create social mores and cultures out of we definitely uh, learned in the old testament yeah definitely learned in the old testament like but basically poison your bitch where yeah <laughs> Oh, you're jealous? It's her fault. We're going to get the priest to poison her, and then she's going to have an abortion. <laughs> I, I don't get and it. And people read this thing, and they like to pick people and choose. study it and believe it. Yeah. I mean, but for some reason, people always skip that part. I'm like, there, I, there's abortion in the Bible. It's just, uh, just like, I don't know. This... Maybe I shouldn't talk or do politics for a minute because it's so exhausting every day. It, it is. It's like it's like a sport. Can we take a break? What the Bible says about abortion. I, I mean, I'm just interested. What does the Bible say about abortion? Surprisingly, abortion is never mentioned in the Bible, despite the fact that it had been practiced since ancient times in a variety of means. However, a number of Bible passages have been cited as being relevant to the abortion issue. I, f I find this scintillating because... Oh, look what site you're on. Christian Bible references. What does the Bible say about abortion? Frequently asked questions. Is abortion a sin? Is abortion murder? Is it ever right to have an abortion? Will God forgive me if I have an abortion? How should I treat someone who has had an abortion? How should I treat someone <laughs> who disagrees with my beliefs about abortion? Whoa. 
Abortion, infanticide, and child abandonment were permitted under Roman law at the time of Jesus. Surprisingly, abortion is never mentioned in the Bible, despite the fact that it had been practiced since ancient times by a variety of means. However, a number of Bible passages have been cited as being relevant to abortion issues. They may well state some general principles that are relevant, but none of them were originally intended as statements about abortion. The following three passages and others are sometimes evident uh, that a fetus is a truly living being and deserves the same protection. However, when read in context, it seems clear that that was not the intended message. Uh, Luke chapter 1 tells about God's intervention in the miraculous births of Jesus and John the Baptist. Jeremiah chapter 1 is about the, Jeremiah's call to be a prophet. Job chapter 10 is Job's plea to God to relieve his unfair suffering. Uh, so uh, this is the thing with Mary. At that time, Mary got ready. This is this is a weird thing. Uh, I always love this in the Bible too. And it's and it's like they're like witchcraft is bad, but and then it's so you believe that an angel came to Mary with some of God's sperm in a cup and stuck it in there, like basically an angel raped Mary with God's semen or touched. Anyways, so God <laughs> made Mary have a special baby. Just even uh, like Just trying to wrap to my brain around the concept of of how we, I mean, and not just like. Well, even when you were talking about the Adam and Eve thing in the serpent. Oh, the serpent comes. Yes. And of course he tempts Eve. And, yeah. but, and I love, and I love the metaphor of the tree of life because, you know, once you have knowledge of a thing, you can't go back. And I get that. Like I get that. And I appreciate that as a life metaphor that ignorance is bliss. But once you're no longer ignorant, then you can't ever go back to that ignorance. Like, you know, now, <laughs> So, you know, being like, I'm an accidental racist, blah, blah, blah. but it, it's not accidental. You know, it, like we have to fess up to our actions. What, like once I real, once you realize that, or I realized that I was steeped in a, and I was all of my, you know, growing up, all of my experience have been, have been steeped in this racism that I might or might not have been privy to at the time because of my youth and my innocence. And then you know, once that's stripped away and I see myself having racist patterns or, and I'm like, whoa. And then once I recognize that, once I become awoke, you can't be, right? You can't be unwoke. I mean, I guess that would be asleep. If you're Kanye, you can't. Did he make a new album called Unwoke? <laughs> Is he the one that sang the fibbity-dee, fibbity-dee, poop I always thought the oh, Bible to me what? was scary because I went to Catholic school. The Bible is fucking scary it's as fuck. It's fucking like it's it's not a fairy tale. Fairy tales are scary too, but the Bible is scared the shit out if of me. If God really loves you, then He's gonna come down and get an angel to rape you in the night. You're gonna have a child that you didn't mean to have, and no one will believe you. Everyone will be like, "Oh, that Mary, she's a hoe." Like she, look at that. Joseph didn't. They're not married. Well, Mary Joseph, Magdalene, which is my personal fa favorite one. She was a prostitute. You know, she was a prostitute. What they do? They stoned her in the middle of the square. Oh. Yeah, stoned her, and stoned. then Jesus said, "Stop throwing shit at her." Oh. I like this bitch. Nice. <laughs> At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard of Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb 
and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? The mother of my Lord shall come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Okay, I understand why this they're saying that this supports abortion, or supports it's anti-abortion stuff, is that Mary, that the Jesus was inside Mary, and she heard the voice, He and then so the baby's real they're saying that well obviously if it's in the bible that that jesus was alive in her womb and stuff because she got raped by the angel and she got raped by an angel she got uh, touched by an angel she got touched by an angel but, but, but and, and that's so funny to me though that that's like being that's like being good like that's a good thing for a christian like oh the lord has favored me he is uh, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and have pointed you a prophet to the nations. Okay, this is the Jeremiah quote. So he's saying that, but see now that, I mean, I guess you could argue for anti-abortion with that, that if God knows you before you're born, then all life in God's eyes is sacred and known before you even exist. But that doesn't make sense. That's like a... That's another hubris of man. Like, you are so special that God loved you before. Like, you are so... You know, get off. Get out of town. Get off your fucking high horse. And come on down with the rest. You, no, we're not all that special. But I guess it's like people are like, oh, no, the Lord has told me I'm special. I think we're special because we can give life and take it away. Mm. Oops. That's the problem. That's too much. That means we have too much control. Uh, and they're afraid of that control as well. Right. Because uh, women having babies is kind of like crazy. But you know that cats can have like nine kittens at once? Mm -hmm. They have a uterine horn. And the little babies get all... Which is you can have multiple kitties, kitty daddies in one, in one litter. Yeah. So oh, that's really? why sometimes kitties look so different. Is that because there's like... If a girl cat's in heat... A male cat has a penal barb too. This is a lot of fun. So the female cat's like, I'm going to give it to me. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And so then they jump on and then they have a penis barb so that it's, they stay attached to the lady cat yeah, until they come. Okay, so ejaculate spews, blah, 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 blah. but then lady cat, she can go off and another cat can be like, oh, she's in heat. And then so multiple kitty oh, sperms wow. so and there's the uterine horn has you know different fingers on it and they each one it has has its can have its own little thing and the kittens in there and then they have all these kittens and, and then they the eat the little placentas off of them the mommy kitty and then the tomcat just goes along his and business. then yeah and then the big-headed kitty i'm thinking i've got cats on the brain because of my kitten and um and we took him to the veterinary the veterinarian on on a sunday for his second kitty checkup uh, third actually and so he has had all of his shots and now it's time to um neuter, neuter. him but we asked the veterinarian philosophically because we were we were discussing it philosophically like do we want like neither jonathan nor i believe in child circumcision i think circumcision his choice his decision i don't think that we need to mutilate children's bodies to make it easier for a mom to clean her child's penis or because it's we've decided as a group it's weird looking i don't i don't know i don't know why i don't know why we chop off the tips of baby dicks i don't get it i, get, I don't it's not it, it, 
it's a myth too by the way that the fact that it's supposed to be cleaner and stuff that's or no 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 that um it's healthier for a man to get circumcised that's the total myth it's silly it is silly I mean, I get it, schmegma is gross, but like you take a shower and you clean it out. It's a different time. Maybe like back in the old days when we were, when the Jews were wandering around the desert or some shit, like, yeah, maybe it's an issue when you shower once a year or you don't bathe or, and it's like stinky and gross and weird. And they're like, you can't get in the temple with your stinky penis. Like I get it. Dudes smell gross. And maybe you don't want stinky dick in the penis and the penis in the temple. Stinky dick, stinky dick face. But oh the fact God, that it has a turtleneck are... helps protect it too. Sure. Yeah. Well, and it's more sensitive when it comes out and to play and everything. I mean, I just. <laughs> and it's fun to play with. Too. It's. I mean, do we, do we gotta do we gotta chop off? So I also believe, like I, I don't know. So should I force yes. sterilize my cat? Now, so we asked the vet, and she told us she goes, "Well, of course, it is always your call." He's an indoor cat. But she's like, he's going to start spraying. He'll oh, start doing it. Yeah. And I was like, well, but he's such a sweet kitten and he's so great. He won't do that. She's like, no, no, no. Yes. It's nothing to do with his personality. Once they get those balls and they get that testosterone and it's tripping through their kitty body. It's a biological thing. Like the cat's going to spray to mark his territory to try to find like it's just there's she was like, your house is going to smell like dude cat pee. It's going to be gross. And sometimes if you wait until their balls drop and then you take their balls off thinking like, oh, they get more testosterone and that's great. If they start spraying, even if you chop their balls off, sometimes they don't stop because they know what it is now and they know how to do it. Oh, It's just pee. They just yeah, pee, pl- they pee yeah. in places so that other cats can smell. And it's hard to keep clean. And that stuff is rank. rank. Yeah. I have two cats. Yeah. So... I was like, philosophically, I can't clean up that much cat pee. And she <laughs> laughed. But she said, well, you know, uncircum- uncircumcised, unneutered male kitties get big, beautiful heads, like big, beefy faces. And they're great. They're very pretty. But she's like, I, I really don't think that you want to do that. And so we're, I think we're going to chop his balls off. Ch- chop that motherfucker's balls off. I know. He's such a sweet kitten, too. I don't Ch- want his personality to change at his all. His personality is not going to change. I have I have a transgender kitty. Oh. So, like, my, listen, we had to get the uh, the cat's balls uh, taken off because the fact that um, the food that he was eating was freezing his pee or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's... Um, Crystallizing it? Yeah, the crystals form in there. It, it, cats get 70% of their liquid through their diet, and we've suddenly trained them how to eat kibble. So, like, we have to reintroduce wetness into their diet. Yeah. Th- so they get... And, boy, kitties can... Yeah. It can damage them and kill them. Yeah. So, they get tons of kidney issues, and... So, that's another stone, reason yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they turn... I've, I've heard of that surgery where they turn his pee-pee into a... Into a because it's because their penis is too skinny and they've got they've have to pass these crystals. It's like tiny kidney stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For for kitties. And Our cat it's, had it's Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. Yeah. Poor little so, buddy. That's another reason why it's just like cut cut its balls off. Yeah. Get rid of the balls. Yeah. It won't change its personality. It's I, still a lot, oh, It would have been old. nice to bring it back around full circle. It would have been nice to cut the balls off of this uh, Republican run government right now. But at least we took back <sighs> the house. We got that. And house. we sort of, we maybe, we took one ball away. We neutered half. We <laughs> sort of, we took a little power away from them. Um, we didn't neuter them completely. Not completely. But again, it's it's the haves versus the have-nots. And the sooner that y'all in Arkansas realize that your 
the have nots. The Republicans are for the haves. You're not a have. You're, you're not you're a, a have. Not. You're a not. Like, but that racism is so ingrained. Right, and that abortion is so... Keep so, women... Oh, these two things, these gays and these black people and these Mexicans, immigrants. I don't, like, I don't care about getting my life together and getting out of the trailer park. God damn it. Yeah. I'd rather stay here with my hate and my guns. Well, and how do we, dis- how do we dissipate the hate when, when our, at the top levels of our government... They are promoting it, and it's acceptable. and it's acceptable. They're they're not just promoting it. They're they're you win with it. They're yeah, making it. They're normalizing it. They're normalizing so that racism isn't something that is happening undercover. It's like nope, we're out. We're racist. Yep, immigration. You're not you're not shamed as much. You yeah. you 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 get a star. Yeah, or it's, a seat in the Senate. Mm. Ooh, scary shit. stuff. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us here Yay. on the AltaCast. I'm going to go find something with some gravy. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm uh, hungry now. Yeah, I am, I am too. Uh, but we're going to, we're up next with some call me Tim. David Samuel is here and we're going to talk about God. He has a super religious name, so it's cool. Thanks for <laughs> listening to Mutiny Radio and thanks for voting. Bye. Bye. Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th, 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian Haight-Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. 
Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things.
so many comedy shows at this station. We're actually under the free comedy section. Vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. Let's watch on YouTube I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... 